Hey, I'm Teresa. And I'm Rutland. And this is your planning, planning time. time. So Rutland, this being our first episode, um, I think we should tackle something huge. Something that on all accounts is probably impossible. Let's hash out in these 20 minutes the purpose of education. So this is something that has as many answers um, as people that are connected to it. But before we get into some of the history and data, uh, let's just start with what we know and believe. So, Rutland, what are your first thoughts on what the purpose of education is? It's such a huge question. Um, so I think the purpose of education is to provide a sanctuary or a safe place where people are given opportunities to realize and refine the gifts that they have to offer the world. If you think about kids, first of all, as humans, remember that they will leave our classrooms and they will be humans. And we think about them as having these gifts to offer the world. And when they're in our room, when they're in our schools, we're giving them time where they can understand the things that are inside of them that are going to make the world a better place, but without without all the outside noise and the outside distractions um, in, a, in a consistent environment where they can experiment with who they are and try on different identities and um, become whatever they create themselves to be. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think it is a huge thing, and I'm not even sure I could explain it all as a teacher of all the things that we do and see all day, but um, I think... I think, yeah, it's really to kind of help students open their eyes and become individuals that can interact successfully with others. So kind of like to see that big world and all the parts in it, navigate relationships, um, and ultimately to me to, to be able to learn and be motivated to learn. Mm. Like I know as a parent, I want my kids to come to school, to be happy, to know that they can learn um, and can be successful at it. Mm. Um, I know we're like developing kids for jobs that we don't even know exist yet. Um, so that's a big thing to me as a parent is I want them to be able to monitor and adjust and be aware so that they can navigate the world that we really don't know is going to be. Yeah, that's, that's exciting to think about. Um, and also scary to think about that we're we are preparing them for jobs that we don't understand yet, jobs that we don't know what they are. It's a huge, a huge responsibility. And I think that's why the purpose of education has to be, um, it, or it can't be one size fits all. The purpose of education is going to be different based on what you think the world is and your views about the world. So I think already just in what we've started, we've got about three or four more episodes at least that'll be spinoffs because I'm thinking of some of the things that we do in reality today, things like grades in the elementary school and, and things like that that almost combat the purpose. But again, I, I think today's mission will be just sort of to hash out um, the purpose that we believe and be able to move and pivot from there. But I definitely think if you're good with it, Rutland, we kind of go back and navigate those in some other episodes. Mm. Um, if we're going to the purpose of education, and, and one of the things that I know came up when I was looking, um, NEA Today did a poll. Now, this poll was in 2016, so it has definitely been a while. But 
basically it came out that there's not really a clear agreement on what the purpose of education is. So like just under half of the people surveyed um, felt like it was to prepare students academically. About a quarter felt it was to prepare students for work and another quarter to prepare students to be good citizens. So this was really looking at what the main purpose. Um, I think like what you and I were saying is it, you can't really separate those pieces out. Um, but when we're looking too at what that means, I think um, I think maybe it helps to go back to some of what John Dewey said to start us off. Um, yeah, he has one of my favorite quotes of all time. And I remember um, like being in college and being in my classes and teacher preparation courses and hearing this one quote. And, you know, it's funny to look back now and think that that stuck with me, but it stuck with me because it struck a chord with who I was. And his quote that education is not preparation for life, but education is life itself. And to me, that was... Um, that I don't think I understood the totality of that quote the first time I heard it. Um, but after being in the classroom and experiencing what goes on in those hours throughout the day and and feeling that you're not, it's not a game of preparing for what's going to be next. It's not necessarily a game of um, even teaching someone how to be successful in school, but you're really crafting the person that you're going to be while you're in school. And it's a responsibility that's huge, and it's a responsibility that one cannot fully understand while they're in the midst of it. Gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up because it made me think of something that sometimes I forget, right? Like, instead of, you know, someday I want to grow up and be a writer. Well, you're a writer right. now. You right. know, someday I want to be that athlete well, what are you doing now? Like, are yeah. you practicing your layups or whatever? Yeah. Um, I love that. And so really what we have is a miniature society. And I think that's one of the biggest things too that goes along with it is that they they need to learn how to confront problems um, and kind of, I don't know how I feel about this, but sort of like create a social order in a way and navigate it. Well, it's inevitable, I think. Right? I know like, it sounds the so. Order, yeah, it, it sounds it icky happen. in a way. Yeah, but I think yeah. I mean, I think I know in some ways, like at my house, like I don't want to take the lead on cooking. I'm okay with taking the back seat when it comes yeah. to that, you know, and all rising to what we're good at. Um, which kind of begs the question: What types of things are we saying you have to be good at in the classroom, and does that really mirror? Mm. what's out in the world. Yeah, and when we talk about having a classroom where everybody feels included, everyone feels like they have a purpose, everyone has that sense of agency. So if we're in charge of that classroom, what opportunities are we going to create where these kids can feel like, oh, this is this is where I'm going to shine. This is where I'm going to be the leader. Well, and be okay not being the leader of everything. Yeah, that's important too. I do think we're battling that a lot in society. Uh, you know, when you come with media and everything, it's, you know, you've got to be the best. You want to have the best um, of everything. You want to have the best things. You want to be your best self all the time. Um, but actually being able to say, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm doing all right and I can get by and I can do what I need on X, Y, Z, but I'm okay not being the best at yeah. that. It's funny how 
I think everyone has it. Like you mentioned cooking, everyone has those situations where you're not going to be taking the lead and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's encouraged in some situations. Um, but it's funny how that those situations are never the ones that we post on Instagram. We never put on social media all the times that we took a step back. We only show the highlights. Um, and that's another episode in itself too. But it makes me think about our classroom. Are we what are we what are we celebrating with the kids? Are we only celebrating the ones the moments that they would post on their Instagram? Oh man, that really has some powerful implications. And I try to do that, but I think again it's another really good reminder like to celebrate the misconceptions and to celebrate yeah. celebrate those things as moments of powerful learning. And you also made me think of just, you know, making sure that kids know that they matter in all instances. I think I've seen an increase in anxiety and stress and, 100%. you know, I mean, we're in the elementary level, but we have seen this happen more and more um, because I think everybody is striving for this perfection. Um, and so I think you're dead on with making sure that we're celebrating all steps in the journey. It almost makes me think how cool would it be is if even in a Google Doc or something like that, we could have our own classroom Instagram-ish yeah. kind of thing set up where we do post those things. Like, oh my gosh, we post when Miss Randolph wrote something wrong on a chart. And I don't know, like we ser seriously celebrated on how we fixed it or yeah. um, a before and after on the messy room and how us working together, we cleaned it up. But we also make sure we highlight those moments where we messed up, but we moved on, we learned from them and we're proud of ourselves for the mess. I love that idea. I love, and I'm hopefully someone will be listening that already knows of an app or a website or something that could be like a social media timeline for kids. And if you do leave it in the comments, is that what you're supposed to say? <laughs> leave it in the comments. If you we're learning, it's the, our first episode. We're going with it. Something, <laughs> something out there already. Cause I love that idea of, of not just teachable moments, but learning moments. I guess you could use Google classroom too. Yeah. Yeah. You could maybe do something like that. Um, wow. Okay. So, so we kind of agree. It sounds like we're sort of coming up the purse with, you know, obviously standing on John Dewey's shoulders of making sure that um, our classrooms are real worlds. And so that's definitely something we're going to keep striving towards. Something that really hit me too that's based on him also, but that I've come to believe over my um, experience, and this is my 11th year, and I've struggled so many times, like, I'm not getting everything done. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. And even if I am on track with a pacing guide, kids can't keep up. And so what mm. I've started to realize is my job, I'm thinking, is more of facilitating these experiences and realizing that mm. not every kid is going to get everything out of each experience. But like that makes sense. That's life. So it's right. we're we're facilitators of experiences and reflecting and having conversation throughout and within at the beginning, at the end, all through these experiences are what matters most. Yeah. It makes me think, um, I watched a TED talk recently, um, and I 
I can't remember the person's name. We'll find we'll find the link and post it um, with this episode. But in the TED Talk, um, the guy that was giving it was a middle school teacher, and he was also um, an improv comedy actor. And he was talking about the similarities. And um, one of the things that he did in his classroom was instead of a turn-in basket, he had a microwave. Right? It's funny enough. Um, but he was talking about how of course the kids lit up when you bring in the microwave. The kids' eyes lit up when you bring in a microwave. Like, what's the microwave doing in the classroom? So that's funny <laughs> enough as it is. But then for them to turn in their work, for them to push the button, the door pops open, they turn in their work, they shut the door. And I think the one that he had on stage with him even had like a little timer where it made the ding sound. And he said like, that's hokey, it's funny, it fits his personality. But in the end, isn't it really just, it's a shared experience that he created. It's a shared experience of, I turn in my work, into a microwave. This is something that happened in all of our lives. And of course, that's not gonna be the most important shared experience throughout the year, but it's a, such a great uh, image of, of the shared experiences that we as teachers are facilitating, like you said, and the things that, what are our talents being used for? Our talents are being used to create shared experiences um, that give opportunities for kids to shape themselves. And how even something like that, but then also the language that we use. Um, you're making me thinking think of a TED Talk that I've seen, and we'll have to post that link too because I'm not sure who or where. or. Um, but it was talking about just the power of language and how if I'm up front or another student is up front speaking and we're all hearing what they're saying, that image just comes in our mind. I mean, there is such power in that. Now, our images may be different, but we're all thinking about a similar idea and to be able to implant an idea. I mean, it sounds like it should be on some, um, like, oh, what do you call it? Science fiction show, right? Yeah. Like I'm implanting an idea in your brain, but that's really what, really what you're yeah. doing. Um, I mean, when it, we have a silly thing in my classroom, I drop things all the time. And so every kid now says, watch for falling objects. So I'm sure 10 years <laughs> from now, somebody, you know, they may meet right. and be like, oh, remember Miss Randolph dropping all these things and saying, watch for falling objects. Right. Um, but it's more than that. I mean, the deep conversations that we have, we're planting ideas. So that shared experience goes through um, so many. But then to also step back and realize, you know, yes, I want every kid every day to get everything. But maybe that's not that learner's path that day. Yeah. Maybe that's not what they need. And I think that's something we could step back and be okay with Yeah. that would help kind of lower the stress level for them yeah that's tough to do that's really tough to do especially in the moment when you know we're on the carpet and i'm i've got my markers out and i'm thinking about writing in a straight line across my anchor chart but at the same time i'm thinking about what are they doing why are they not sitting up front they're supposed to sit up front their ip says they have to sit up front so they're going to sit up front but you're not but now i have to think of and there's so many things going on at one time and i'm wanting everyone to be so engaged but then i find myself getting tunnel vision on these things that are going on. And like you said, it's it's not their day. So how much energy am I spending on that? And I'm not spending on the kids who it is their day and we could go deeper then. And I'm so glad that you brought up um, the language piece. It made me think about um, Choice Words by Peter Johnston, one of my all-time mm -hmm. favorite books. If you have yes. read Choice Words by Peter Johnston, it's phenomenal. Uh, this book is all about um, how language impacts the language that we use as teacher impacts kids and the identities that they form for themselves um 
And in chapter four, um, he says, if nothing else, children should leave school with a sense that if they act and act strategically, they can accomplish their goals. Mm, I love that. And if they leave with that, that's our job, right? That's, that's what we're doing. We're teaching kids, not necessarily how, we're not teaching them that they're going to use um, the decomposing strategy and that's the secret to life. We're teaching them if they get in a situation they don't know what to do, they can call upon their past experiences, they can call upon the things that they've done in the past, and they can use those strategically and they can be successful. You were making me think, I love that you brought up that specific skill because I do think, yes, there is a place for helping kids develop skills, but it is important. But nowhere in our conversation as of yet has come that our job is to make sure they master the standards. And I'm, I don't mean to discount that. I do think that there is purpose in tackling certain skills. I do. But I think you're right. It's not so much do you know how to do this this way. It's can you unpack and use your past experiences to help you tackle and learn what you need to learn. I will be honest, I did not have my math facts memorized as a kid. I didn't. Not until I started teaching Mm. did I master my math facts. But I knew how to learn. I knew how to get the information I needed. And I knew that I could learn them if I really tried and if I wanted to. And when it was time for me to do it for a purpose that I saw, then I did it. Yeah. And I think that maybe that can be one of the last things we talk about is we have all these purposes um, and really so many, um, if you depending on who you ask. But I think it's really important that the kids know the purpose that they know why they're doing what they're doing. So we're not just these adults controlling them and, you know, telling them to jump when we say jump. Right, right. It makes me, and it, and it brings up kind of this internal conflict in myself, like, do I do that by telling them exactly what I think my purpose is? Do I use my words to do that? Do my actions show that? And I think the answer is, is a combination of both. I think it's being very intentional, um, very explicit about telling them what it is I'm trying to get them to do. And then also making sure that my actions are matching those beliefs and that I'm walking the walk of what I'm saying to them um, so that they know, yes, this is my job. As a student, my job is to act strategically. And I'm doing that because that is what Mr. Martin really, really, really wants from me, but also that's what I have found makes me feel best about myself. So perfect. I mean, I was just looking back at notes that I kind of made also, and it's important that students feel the purpose. So I love that you said that. I think our actions do speak volumes. So we we can be explicit in what we're doing and why we're doing. I mean, there's times I'll pull the standard up in front of the kids and say, here's what the state says that you should know, or here's what the standard says you should know. So let's just rock that. What else do you want to know? You know, what else do you wonder? What else should we figure out? So sometimes I am that explicit on, on why, but 
Um, I think explaining purposes of things as we're going through is good, but I, I agree. I think our actions and the community that we set um, throughout the entire year helps. I, I think of some of the things we do um, that we don't really see a purpose in, but yeah. we have to do to jump through hoops um, for our job. And I mean, really... How do we feel when we're doing it? Do we really, you know, if we're not invested and same with them, if they're not invested, then what's the point? Because really this is for them. And I guess the last thing before we kind of wrap things up, I think we could talk forever and I'm having so much fun. (laughs) Um, But with that, the hardest part, and this might actually need to be another episode too, is what if you have a student that won't plug in? You know, and and maybe we should look at that next. Maybe what can you do? And and again, I, I don't know, maybe that's part of the knowing that maybe it's not everybody's journey right now to be where we want them to be at this moment in time. Um, but I think at least if we're working with a focus on purpose, for a purpose, Hopefully that could be minimized. Um, so I think we go there next. What do you think? I agree. Awesome. Um, this has been so fun. Um, we're excited to start um, this new journey for us. It's cathartic for us. Um, it helps us to grow as professionals. And we can only hope that there's someone else that's benefiting from our thoughts um regardless leave ratings or leave reviews leave comments if you're hearing this what do you want to talk about because we would also love ideas there's so much there's so so much um rutland i appreciate it i am leaving this conversation with a more clear idea of what i believe my purpose is and i have to say i think that one of the things that I'm realizing I need to do is not try to fill everybody's purposes, but go back to the heart of the beliefs that we talked about today. So I appreciate the conversation to help center me. I agree. I appreciate, for those of you that don't know, which is everyone, um, but uh, Teresa was my, my mentor teacher last year. My Last year was my first year teaching. She was my mentor teacher. Um, and I think obviously she wins mentor teacher MVP for starting a podcast with her mentee who does that. Um, thank you for listening. Only when your mentee is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you join us for the next episode. Thank you so much.